dog is running around. Okay, there we go. All right, we are live. Hi. Good morning, everybody. As you can see, this is the Love Pod. I'm Dina. Jordan is to my left, and we are honored to have Dr. Viviana Coles, who has a new hit song, Sleigh Bells. And uh, you may recognize from Married at First Sight. Dr. Viviana, welcome to the Love Pod. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about all things holidays and, of course, can't get around the whole math thing and nor yeah. do I want to. I'm, I'm open to it. And uh, seeing as the latest season to release on Netflix came out yesterday, there's a lot going on. So I Oh, yeah. You had quite a few questions from the fans, which we will absolutely get to. But first, we want to talk about Sleigh Bells. So yes. what made you want to get into music? Because this is kind of a departure from the therapy. It, yeah, it, it's not a departure. It's just a little pit stop. No, okay. <laughs> I, I, the truth is I'm not a professional or career singer. That's not ever something that I really thought about past maybe sixth grade. Um, okay. I, I've always known, even since Kelly Clarkson and all of, you know, American Idol, that that seems really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be an actual singer. So I was always very realistic and thought, no, 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 I'll just keep it to something that I enjoy doing just as a stress reliever for fun, okay. karaoke. Um, but I'm also the kind of person that tends to say yes to challenges. And I had an amazing opportunity that just popped up into my DMs. Literally, uh, JoJo and Woe, gifted singers and songwriters who've been all over reality TV uh, and worked with some really incredible, impressive talents, reached out with a song that they had that had been inspired by maths. And when I listened to it, I was like, this is really good and catchy. Uh, I'm, not, I'm no longer on the show past season 14. Right. Certainly, you know, you should contact them here. And um, and also I'll use them in my videos. I think I think you're great. It sounds great. And then I said, and I'll I'll contact you again when I'm finally ready to check off my bucket list item of having a fun Christmas song that I've been writing for years, but never went anywhere with. And they said, well, do you want to do it this Christmas or next Christmas? And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, this Christmas. Let's yeah. do it. And it just came together so beautifully, so fun, um, working with really talented people in their space. And then, of course, who asked me everything from, do you have the lyrics? Yes, I did. Do you have um, an idea of if you want it to be pop or soul or R&B? And I said, well, let's make it pop. Let's make it catchy. This is going to be my one shot at having a song that sticks in your brain in yeah. a good way. And I feel like we've really accomplished that in the whole process. Even though it happened quickly, sometimes things that come together quickly are just fabulous. And I, I really feel good about it. I'm confident. Look, it's not going to be for everybody, but hopefully there will be people who make, you know, it makes smile. So I'm yeah, excited. you sound so good. And I'm not just saying that because you're here gracing us with your presence, oh but gosh. it is so good. Yay! I'm glad for everybody like after. It's been received pretty well. I had warned my kids, like, because they, they were the ones that I really wanted to like it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want them to be too embarrassed. And so um, and when I got the thumbs up from them, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then their friends started telling them I heard it. My parents love it. I just thought, OK, I'm on, I'm on the right track. But the truth is, I didn't 
I, I'm not the kind of person who cares that much about public opinion just because yeah. everybody has You've an gotten opinion. plenty of it. Please yeah. everybody. Um, I'm just proud that we did it. We love it. And now it's being received really well. Good, good. And was there someone who inspired the song? You know, I'll tell you, it's more like the inspiration for what not to do that inspired the song. <laughs> you know, I don't know about y'all. I'm not sure where y'all live, but I am not a wintry weather person. Nope. Um, I, for me, when I'm out in the cold, I'm probably complaining or um, or just not feeling really like, yay, holiday cheer. So I was watching all of these Christmas movies and thinking, that's a lie. Because when you're out and you're, you know, walking around in the snow, all you're thinking about is like where your feet are so that you don't slip. And when you're not like looking around and window shopping and drinking your cocoa. And, and then also who goes on sleigh rides and actually wants to like kiss and make out? No, it's blistery cold. The snow's hitting your face. You got snot hanging out. <laughs> I'm like, it's not sexy. So what I was really trying to get at was this idea of like, if you really want to get intimate in the winter weather, it's not going to happen outside like all these movies make you think it is. It is not romantic out there. Women who are looking for actually connecting with somebody, especially if they're going to do it in a sexy way, they want to stay home. So that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, I was like, women empowerment, guys, you got it wrong. Ladies, if you think your lady wants to get out there and go, you know, be out in the cold for four hours, you're wrong. Um, we want to stay in and, and get sexy in time, inside. <laughs> it's funny. I'm from New York originally, but I live in Arizona now. And every time we go back, I'm like, I hate that. And Jordan's from Alabama. So we live on like opposite climates. And I am I am not a cold person at all. But Jordan, you're not a hot person, I think, right? No, no, I don't like cold weather. Oh, you don't like cold. I don't okay. like cold Yeah, weather. we're all on the same team. Yeah, we're all on the same heat. The reality of it is that everybody thinks that being romantic during the winter is like getting out and about. And it's, it's just not. It's just not as romantic as people think it is. And the movies make you think it is. Yeah, Hallmark lies to us a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what are you hoping for under the Christmas tree this year? Ooh, um, I I usually don't want anything because my birthday is December 30th. So Aww. I always want to do something really fun for that. I love Christmas, but I, I think it's all about really about the kids and, and hanging out with family whenever possible. And so and we have so many different family parties that we go to that it's it's less about the presents for me. Like I honestly, I. I think I even put something out there under the tree just for myself that I had already bought just because <laughs> just to do the, you know, go through the the pleasantries of it. But I don't really ever do anything. I will say I love the Swarovski collection that comes out mm -hmm. every year, the annual yeah. snowflake. I yeah. love that whole connection collection. And I, I've been doing that since 2003. So for me, that's that's all I really expect or want. And my, my husband knows that, but, um, <laughs> but other than that, I'm, I'm really fine with nothing. I I'm not the kind of person who waits year round to get something that I want. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, can relate to that guiltily. How, how old are your kids? Are they shopping age? Oh yeah. Like, okay. Oh yeah. So they they're, they're, they have their list. They, they do all that. And We'll see. We'll see what Santa brings. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you, you don't have to spoil this year, but what's the best gift that you've ever given in the past? Ooh. 
Um, I think anything having to do with like photos, because okay. I take a ton of photos. I have a really bad memory. So for me, my memories are really um, kind of set into stone if I take pictures of them. Okay. And so for me, if I can put together an album or frames or anything that have to do with pictures, I feel like those are the best and well, most well-received just because um, it's something you get to then think about a memory over and over again. Yeah. And something like, I would say it has to do with photos. Okay. I like that a lot. Now we are going to hop around. We're going to get straight into our fan questions because Great. I know that you have a lot to do today. <laughs> yeah. So let's. I'm in, I'm in session today, so after this, it's all it's all busy. Oh, all right. Oh, I want. To, well, now talk about that specifically. With so <laughs> we'll maybe talk a little bit about that if we have time at the end. Um, so these are some hard questions. Okay, but, let's see. Let's see if you right. can me. <laughs> Who do you regret casting most for Married at First Sight? And that's from BT Dixon fifty eight. Yeah, um, I would say there's. There's a, a short, short list because most people, I think, really come out of it and they've learned something for themselves. So that's always, you know, a plus. Um, I and and I think mainly because of how it backfired for him um, it was probably Chris from okay. Atlanta. Yeah, I think, I yeah. think it was it was very it very much backfired, and I I hate that for anyone, but. Um, I think all the way around, it just was not what we wanted or expected and certainly has long-term ramifications um, for for me as one of the experts that was on that season. Uh, and it kind of changed the way that I think about the entire process. <laughs> was Did he present himself very differently, I'm guessing, in the casting process? Absolutely. Um, he was a front runner from the very beginning. We were really pleasantly surprised to see that there were lots of people that were very committed from the very beginning, just like very steadfast. And this is what I'm looking for. This is who I am. This is what I want. And he was definitely one of them. Um, so when he saw his wife and things just started to go downhill from there, that was a huge disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, you've done so many seasons previously, like there's going to be a few bad apples in there. Yeah, unfortunately, that's how I would look at it. There were just a for on my end of what anything that I could have done, I can say that there were probably just a very few that um, felt like, oh wow, that was a a huge mistake. Um, but there's so much of it that we can't do anything about. We can't control mm -hmm. other people or how the what ends up happening between them. There's only so much we can do. And I guess as a therapist, I'm like super well aware of that there's only so much you can do and then people mm -hmm. are going to do whatever they want to do um you know especially when it comes to reality tv that's a that's a whole other story i mean cameras change things the potential for becoming uh, infamous or famous is it's like another animal another factor that you know in in my office life you never have to think about that I think we've seen, uh, we originated from Love is Blind and then kind of went from there. But season one of the the dating reality shows or the love reality shows always have the most genuine 
pairs or, you know, like connections because they don't know about the fame. They don't know what to expect from it. And then you kind of get a mix going down the line. At least yeah, in my it definitely opinion. makes it harder for someone like me as a matchmaker and as the resident, you know, intimacy expert or whatever. It's yeah. like, it definitely makes it harder to have to judge the authenticity and sincerity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, but here's the other piece of it that I don't know that everybody really considers is that we also really want people who are going to be okay with the cameras, who are going to welcome them, who are going to not be so worried about what's going to be happening in the public eye and just have the documentation be something that they're welcoming that experience. So yeah. it's hard to get both of them. A balance. Yeah. I never, you would think that would be the most obvious thing to think of, but I never thought of that just because you're genuine. I wouldn't want to go on reality TV, but like, I love talking about it. So I could see yeah. how it would be a hard balance. It is. Now, on the flip side of that, who's your favorite participant? Oh my gosh. Okay. That I have a long list. <laughs> um, you know, Someone like, and actually this kind of ties back in, I, and to all of you, you're all my favorites. <laughs> um, and I'm closer to some than, than others, but I will say, you know who's been on my mind lately because of the Christmas song is Derek Sherman from DC. Okay, okay. He was so lovely from beginning to end, um, even though... It didn't work out, spoiler alert, years later. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I just remember thinking there is such a very kind, generous, older soul that I that I so loved seeing kind of develop and that he stuck with that regardless of what was going on with his match. Um, but he also has been on my mind because he was the one who said that he had a bucket list item of writing a Christmas song. I don't know if you remember that. No, but, I don't. And I remember that kind of sparked something on me. I'm like, that's really cool. Like, I love that idea. And I'm sure that planted a seed for me. So thank you, Derek. Oh, well, maybe we'll see one more Christmas song out of you in the future. <laughs> Collaboration. Do you, you ever? Never you never know these days now. Do you ever, uh, if it doesn't work out with any of the couples, go on to match them in the future? Like, have you ever matched them after their marriages haven't worked out on the show or if they weren't cast? Um, well, no, I think some have reached out for private help mm -hmm. uh, because that is something that's really strongly encouraged. And sure. um, so that's happened. And, and that's with lots of different of the cast from different reality TV shows will come to me, um, which is really, of course, it, it makes me feel good. And, and I think for them, they just realize like, oh, she gets it. Like she has yeah. that inner insight, um, regardless of, of the show that they've been a part of, whether it's reality or unscripted uh, or scripted. So I would say I haven't gone on to work with them in a matchmaking capacity sure. because if it doesn't work out and it doesn't work out like really badly, you know, if it, it, it does work out really badly, I, I don't expect them to want to climb up that tree again. Okay. That's fair I've enough. Seen sometimes when I was on the show and I was a part of everything that was going on, I remember seeing people say, well, I hope you give them a second chance. And I'm like, who's to say they would want a second chance? Like, guys, we kind of blew it. Let's let's like leave them alone. <laughs> we haven't talked to any Married at First Sight cast members yet, but we have talked to Love is Blind. And a lot of them did say they would, we didn't ask about Married at First Sight, but that they would go on another dating show. 
Oh, good. If they were single again. So yeah. um, very I think it's interesting. Experience. And they, oh, you God, can yeah. learn a lot about yourself and about, you know, and it's also kind of like, we're bringing people to you. That's kind of nice, you know, especially if oh, you're yeah. actually in the dating world. It's, it's really hard, really hard oh, for gosh. all these singles that I'm working with and that I see and that I talk to and that, you know, want advice online. It's really difficult. So I don't blame people for wanting to try these really new, bold, different ways and to have it documented. I mean, there's something really special about being a part of TV. It's, it's really great. I, uh, and I live with my boyfriend now, but prior we did when I was single, a lot of like dating advice and Jordan would give the married angle. And I was like big time on the apps and it was so crash and burn. It's terrible. Are they really meant for like just keeping you there? Um, so there's a reason I haven't really ever backed any sort of dating site. I, I, I don't think that there's anything nefarious or malicious or anything like that, but I think it's a great place to just be introduced to other people, like literally just becoming aware of someone sure. else. But everything else, I think, just needs to happen in real life. And, okay. you know, in in like person, I guess, would be the, the and yeah. that's why I started Vivid Relationships, because I was like, OK, I know what makes healthy couples work. I know from the very beginning, I work with so many premarital counselors, uh, premarital counseling clients. I started my own premarital counseling program. Like there's just so much that goes into it from the very beginning. I was like, I really want to help them from the very beginning instead of just having when people are on the verge of divorce. <laughs> so will you tell us a little bit about Vivid Relationships just as a sidebar from the fan questions? Oh, yeah, sure. So. Um, it is a program that I created, the Dr. Viviana Method for Matchmaking, and it is, it's a three-phase program that allows for singles to really figure out who they are so that they know who sh they should be with and also who they should steer clear of. It also gives them the opportunity to go through um, a dating phase that is monitored. You get feedback. It's a real great learning process. I've had daughters sign up their parents. I've had older people. I've had younger people who are like, I don't even want to go into the dating phase, you know, without your help. Um, it's really special. I feel like it's very concentrated and focused on what really matters. Um, that's not to say that people have not been able to find love online. I think that the majority of people are getting out there and, and really sure. trying. So it's going to happen. But for the people who come to visit us at Vivid Relationships, what they're really trying to focus on is like, I don't want to spend the next three years out there. I want to actually get a second date that goes somewhere or or really look at myself and say, am I the problem? Like, hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> if, if that's who you are, then those are the people that are coming to see us. I think that's a good kind of middle ground. If somebody doesn't want to be on TV, but they really do want to find the one, they get well, the best. I was so many DMs. I mean, you can imagine from like the first season that people knew that I was on, they were always asking me. They would say those exact words. I don't want to be on TV, but I want to work with you. I don't mm -hmm. want to be on TV, but will you match me? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not a therapist. I'm a therapist. This is what I do. And then I thought about it. I'm like, this is kind of what I'm doing with my single clients anyway. Why not make it 
really intentional and a yeah. program that people can follow, including background checks and evaluations and talking to friends and family and doing virtual visits of your home and your car. I mean, there's so many things that you can learn from people and you should if you're going to be matching them. And traditional matchmaking doesn't do any of that. No, no, not at all, which I think is crazy because you just never know with people these days. I mean, we saw on camera with Chris, obviously he presented himself one way and then was completely different, but that's not something that you get, like you said, with matchmakers. I don't know any other one that really does that extensive of a process. So that's really awesome. I would have used the service if I were single. Oh, well, that's awesome. Hopefully you won't ever need it though. No, I hope not. <laughs> It's definitely something I'm proud of. Everybody that I speak to about it, they're like, oh my gosh, I need you to do this with my sister. And da, da, da. and and that for me just feels like, okay, we're on the right track. People really need this type of help. They don't just need to sign up for you know their drive-through order of like, I want this and not this and not this, because that's not what really ends up being a long-term relationship. No, no. All right. Now back to the fan questions, Jordan. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Our next question on Reddit comes from Akunamata1. Uh, would you ever come back to Married at First Sight? Oh my gosh. Um, absolutely. Like depending on the circumstances, sure. <laughs> I, I have a very full <laughs> life and and career. But um, that all that to say is I loved my time on Married at First Sight. I loved what we were doing. I loved the mission, the crew, the people. Um, there's everything. I, I have zero complaints. Um, it just was something that I needed to step away from in order to pursue a lot of other projects that I have going on and will continue to have going on. So if there's something in the future, I would never say never. Um, I just I have a lot going on. As y'all can you see, I'm this random. Oh my God. Oh, okay. we have so many questions and we don't have time for, but you literally have like 10 different projects that would be full time on their own. And then you have a Christmas song and you have the book and you have the, and I'm on the morning show. Therapy. I'm on the You're morning everywhere. show. And, and yeah, it's, it's a lot, but I love it. And I love that I have the kind of support system at home with my husband that he just, he's that person who's like, go for it. Like, let that, just use all that energy, have fun, go for it. And um, that there's nothing like it. And, and it always reminds me of just how important it is, the work of helping people to find their person. Yeah, absolutely. It, just, it reinforces that. All right, Jordan, what, what do we have next on the agenda? All right. Okay, yeah, they had a couple of other questions, a couple of follow-up questions, I guess. What couple do you think should give it a second chance? Oh my gosh, I've never been asked that question. Good question, fans. A second chance. Oh gosh, let me like go through the Rolodex because after six seasons, that's a lot. Um, probably... I know this sounds kind of nuts, but I'm still heartbroken over Olivia and Brett. Really? Okay. Not I, I mean, I know the circumstances and like just the not that they were just like this perfect fit for each other, but I just remember thinking some it was more circumstantial that it was a problem from what okay. I see and from what I knew. It was all about the circumstances, not so much like that they just I don't know. That one has always stuck to me. And that one, I did cry a lot during decision. <laughs> I don't know. It just, there was something about it. I think it's because they're both 
they're both really great and um, deserve to have, like they took it seriously, which always makes me happy. Um, if I had to do a backup, I would say, I mean, can y'all think of someone and I'll tell you if I think they should do um, So I always go back to season one and I, it, Jason and, and I know this wasn't your season, but oh, yeah, Jason no, I don't know anything and, about them. Um, I forgot her name. I feel so bad. And I follow her oh, on Instagram. Um, Courtney. And I only know Courtney. that. I think yeah. she's like happy and married and kids. And yes. All. Yeah. She, and it, you know, obviously worked out well for her, but I loved them together. And I really thought that they would last. And, yeah. um, you know, I obviously don't have that attachment. Like, do you get really attached to these couples that you get really emotional? Well, because we go so deep with them as individuals, we have like the highest hopes that they're going to like work out as a couple. And of course, we want to succeed. I would love to have 100% next to my name, you know? Um, and that's just not realistic. It's not realistic, um, yeah. But, um, you know, now that, yeah, there, there are a lot of couples that I think under different circumstances or would um, maybe a little bit more time, probably would have would have done better with a second chance. But yeah, I, I do get very invested. I know we all do. We all care. But we also have to be like, this is this is for real. Like this is a legal marriage. We hear it all the time. So we can't want it more than they do. I would say from this season, I don't know if you still watch, but yeah. not as a couple, but Lauren, I feel like got it, it was just not a good situation for her. And I'm hoping that however it happens, she gets a second chance because I do not think they're even going to make it to decision day. Oh. And um, okay. she's such a sweet person, at least on camera. Like you said, you never know. People could appear differently, but I love her and I feel I'll so I'll take bad. your word for it. Good luck, Lauren. I don't, I <laughs> yeah, don't good luck, Lauren. Good luck. <laughs> uh, and then what was the next question? Let's see. Oh, this one is from Pinocchio Fennel. Okay. Um, did you agree with the pairs on your seasons, like the, the pair selections? Oh, yeah. It was like we had to get to a place where it was unanimous um, with our choices or else it would have made things really hard for us to, to help them. Um, that's why, I mean, it, it goes on for months. The matchmaking process goes on for a long time. And uh, the systems would keep getting better and better. And I'm sure by now it is just like beautiful. But we, we started off with like papers on the, on the, you know, on your desk. And then all of a sudden it was like this huge board and then there were pictures and then they were color coded. <laughs> and it was like, this is my topic. And this is my, and crime boards. Was, yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it's like this huge war room. Um, sometimes we would argue about who we really wanted to put through because in the end there's only five. Um, but we all had to come to a unanimous decision and we would present reasons why. And so would the casting because the casting would have known them for months even before we did. So they had insights and everybody's watching these people at all times. Um, so it's not just what we see. We get a lot of back story as well. And of course, all of the different paperwork that they do. So yes, it's, it's unanimous by end. When I was on it, we all had to say yes, this is a couple we want on because um, we really, we really wanted to be able to support them as best we could. Okay. That's good. All right. Yeah. Uh, and the next one comes from the more, you know, 618, they want to know what percentage of matches are expert led versus production selected. 
Oh yeah, production does not pick the couples. I'm. There were times where I wish I could just say yes, yes, that's what. <laughs> no, I mean it's just not the case. They all like, at least nine through fourteen, absolutely. And I cannot imagine that they would do that. And and the truth is, there's there's a lot. We're the the experts and the matchmakers are the ones that have to, you know, represent. And so. Um, it was very important for production for us to lead all of that. Now, if there were couples that maybe they were thrown out because of uh, background check stuff or psychological evaluation stuff, or if somebody just backed out, I mean, that happens too, then casting would be like, hey, we have more people for you to see. And that wouldn't have come from us because we don't necessarily see, we see probably like meet about 200 of them. We don't meet the two, you know, thousand plus 7,000 applicants. So there would be people that in the last month or so we would have to get to know and get to, and that those would be brought into the mix. But in the end, it's still the same process. We still have to go side by side, looking at everything and seeing like, could this work? What would, we also had to present what might, what the challenges would be. Um, you know, something that I know is was often a fan question is, did we match for drama? Uh, just because mm -hmm. some of these couples will come together and it was drama, drama, drama. Yes. Um, and I will tell you 100% no, that was never the case. And let me tell you why. And we've talked about this, Pepper and Cal and I, we've talked about this. If we ever did match for drama, there might be some major physical and emotional, like, harm. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen how people get very fired up. So for us, we wanted couples who we could see like blissfully work through XYZ issues. Now, it was always a given that some couples were going to, you know, disagree on things. Hello? Oh, sure. I mean, it's just people. It's putting two people together and then strangers. So yeah, it was, that's never been the case. I would have never been okay with that. No one else would have ever been okay with that. That's like litigation, harm. I mean, no. no. Wait, so you meet 200 people on your seasons just to match 10 people as couples? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. insane. How much time do you get with them? Um, well, it, it starts off with so, you know, casting is probably doing it right now. They're they're working through applications and questionnaires because some people will be like, you know, hey, Jordan, I'm signing you up for Married at First Sight. And then all of a sudden you're like getting this questionnaire and then you have to decide whether or not you're going to do it. And then let's say you do it. Casting is going to reach out to you and and they might explain to you like, no, this is for real. And then you're like, OK, I'm out <laughs> or yeah, let's do it. So they have to get people to a place where they're qualified participants. And I know in my seasons, I was never going to be okay with them having children involved. So that was an easy disqualifier um, when I was involved. Um, but there are certain things like at the time, I know that they weren't considering people over 50. They weren't considering people below 26. Like there are certain things like, or maybe they just don't live anywhere near the area. And we're not going to yeah. be like the bachelor and set you up with somebody who lives across the U.S. that you're never actually going to be with, you know? So um, that sort of thing crosses out a lot of people. So then the final 200, even then, 
you know, we're meeting with them one-on-one virtually and then as a group and all of that, just really kind of getting our first impressions of them and, and see if they match up with what the other experts are also picking up on because they're very different with me than they are with Pepper and very different with Cal. And so we had to line all that up. It takes a lot of time. I mean, it may feel like a blur because there's so many of them, but like the note taking process that's happening, that there are production members who are taking our notes and, and writing down what we say. And it's like a whole thing. And that's just the virtual part. Then we go into the in-person part and that's a whole other thing. And sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this was like really going to happen. This is getting very real. They talk to their families or they mention it to um you know, their counselor or whoever. And they're like, uh, yeah, I don't want to do this. And so then they back out. So before you know it, you're dealing with a hundred, maybe not 200. And then it's, it's a fight for, okay. And how, how do each of their wants and needs match up or they don't. It reminds me a little bit of the process that you see on the voice or American idol where the, the casting team like narrows it down to the people that you're going to see. And then you guys really have some hard decisions of like narrowing that down. But I had no clue. It was that many people each season that you had to vet and that I can't imagine. Oh my God. And actually most of the time we would try to have lots of lots more than just five couples that we would be excited about having on just because again, you never know who's going to back out or, or move or get an opportunity or fall in love. Right. I mean, this is months. They're, they're single. Some of them might be like, I started dating someone. I'm out. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for not coming on TV while you have yeah. a significant other. Yeah. I'm sh- yeah. I know that's happened on some shows, but um, we haven't seen that. I don't think I'm married at first sight yet that I know of. I mean, I mean, except for maybe Chris. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I, not a serious relationship. <laughs> Um, our next fan question is what cast member do you think was the most different on camera aside from Chris uh, to your experience from them and, or from what season, if you can't say, and that is emotional Um, cell six, five, five, Oh, I would say one of my faves was Henry from new Orleans. Oh, okay. He, he's one of those people where you're like, we're on camera. You're like, Henry, come on, Henry. On, like just let it out like just talk and off camera I mean just totally and and it's again it's one of those things where some people feel very like it is what it is cameras are around and then other times people are just kind of clam up and um I think also just when you're really uncomfortable with your match it's very difficult we I saw the same thing with Zach Zach from okay. DC and yeah. Mindy. um Zach you could I could, you could talk to him for hours and, and have it be something that actually makes sense and um, no talking around things and very smart and, and all of that and very likable. But then anytime we would ask him about his relationship and his marriage, he was like a totally different person. And I just remember thinking, oh, this is really bad for you. <laughs> but I will say of, of nearly all of the people that, the participants, I respected how he handled all of the backlash and hate that he was getting online more than most. He did a really good job of like handling himself really professionally and never, never even trying to talk to fans about it because it's all, they're all just sharks and they smell blood in the water and they just go nuts. And I was like, I'm glad you didn't ever say anything because 
that's truly the, I, I tell people that I work with as clients, don't respond to anything. There's nothing you can do to change anyone's mind online. They yeah. don't care. They don't care what the truth is. They don't care what, what it does to you. They just want to have something to say. And uh, it's really sad. I think it's interesting. Like we have talked to a few cast members this season. We watched House of Villains. And so we've kind of gone with this villain era theme of people who are portrayed as villains on this show. And they have been nothing but kind to us, nothing but helpful promoting the podcast. And it's such a different personality that then you see on TV. And it's so dynamic that there's fans who, like you said, like they absolutely will not change their minds. They have their opinions. You could show them hours of interviews and hours of footage behind the scenes. And it's just, it's pretty brutal. And yeah. we've, I think, been guilty of it too. But like everybody's so different from what you see. You see such a small snippet on TV. So yeah, I think I it's really something for people to be really aware of is just that you are only seeing a really small part. Now that's not to say that it's not real. And that what you do see isn't real, especially with um, shows produced by kinetic content. I mean, I I feel like like Love is Blind. I feel like their cousin's show. Like they. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and I feel like everything is very real. What you see, it's just that it is a fraction of the entire thing. Um, I will say Married at First Sight, just based off of everything that I've talked to that I've spoken to about with other people from other shows and other leads and things like that. And they what they go through compared to what people go through on a show like Married at First Sight, it is very, it is very real. Um, and I loved that part of it. I love that cast members are from any show are reaching out to you and getting therapy and getting help because that's something we're seeing more and more is that at first when reality shows first came out, there was really no resources for uh, cast members coming off the show. So do you feel like that's changed a lot since even your time leaving Married at First Sight where oh, yeah. it's becoming more popular? It's definitely becoming more popular. I think in general, people are being much more open and honest about seeking that kind of help. Sure. And, and I wish that people would still like, you know, pass my card and be like, hey, go see my sex therapist. That's not always the case. Um, I would love to, to continue to be a part of normalizing therapy and normalizing getting help, especially when you're going through something that is a very unique experience. You know, um, going into reality TV and being able to be vulnerable and like really help other people who are also maybe having similar struggles, maybe they come from similar backgrounds, especially when it comes to your love history and sexual history and all of that. I think it's such a wonderful thing, but it's even more impactful if you can say, oh, and it's not just all glitz and glamour and being in hair and makeup. There's a whole side of this that of self-care that um, we're, I, I know Kinetic Content, they uh, encourage that and they even pay for it. So there's like, now it's a, it's a part of the deal. Like just go for it, take advantage of it. And the people who do, I think are very happy with, with the results and the people who don't, you're, you still, you've got time. You can work through some of these things. Yeah. It's never too late to work on yourself. Right. All right, Jordan, what is our last fan question or multi-part fan question? Well, before we do, um, I know you've kind of already you've already answered this. But we do have a, a viewer question from Kim on Facebook asking oh. about couples who divorced that you wish gave it one more chance. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Kim, 
let me go back. Um, I'm trying to think. Probably. Oh gosh, they're so. Oh man, but every it's like I I think about something and then I think oh yeah, but then it turns out this. Um, <laughs> There's a, a high divorce rate in general in the country, right. so I'm sure it's hard to make that distinction of like. Well, we see why it didn't work out, right? Yeah. But well, and there's a difference between it not working out on decision day and then the couples who have stayed together and have really given it a shot for a year, two years, and then deciding to go their separate ways. Right. You know what? Amelia and Bennett. I oh my god, they're my favorite. I love them so much. And I just oh. saw recently that they weren't together anymore. And I was like, they were perfect for each other. They were hilarious. They were just <laughs> such a breath of fresh air, especially during that season in particular. That was a challenge for everyone uh, because of the pandemic yeah. and, and everything. You know, it was just they uh, were adorable. They still are adorable. I know they're great and, and they're great individuals and they seem to be very happy now. And yeah, I have no doubt that they're going to be just fine. But that would have been fun. That would have been a, a good second chance. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Did we have anybody else write in? I can't see those for whatever reason, Jordan. That's the only one that I'm seeing. So we'll just do our last Reddit question, though. This one comes from Maui246. Have you watched couples that failed and identified what went wrong or a pivotal moment that caused things to go awry? Yes. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. What was the guys? Oh, Taylor and Brandon. I'm convinced, and I'm not. I did not work with them as their therapist or anything. But I am convinced, and I always felt this way that that I. This is just me being my armchair therapist again. Yeah, yeah. As somebody who witnessed lots of different things, I feel like they had a wonderful shot until, which is very early on, until he realized that he was that she was not just beautiful, but she was also smart because he yeah, was used yeah. to being the like gregarious, smart, uh, beautiful man. And I think when she was able to like match him on that, I don't think he knew what to do. And I think it was very intimidating for him. Again, I did not work with them. I've never confirmed any of this, but that was my take as to why things started to crumble is that he became intimidated and he shouldn't have. I really don't think he should have. I think that they could have been awesome, but things got really bad after that point. That's what I yeah. know. I think a lot of times what you want and what you need are not the same. And they're thrown into that situation and don't figure it out on time. It's well, like, no, this is 100% what I'm trying to help people with vivid relationships. <laughs> what you need versus what you want. Mm -hmm. That checklist has to go out the window. It's never, yeah. it's never good. Or it needs to be maybe evaluated by a pro. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. You got to be more open to things. Uh, for sure. And then this is not a fan question. Well, it is a fan question. It's a fan question for me. I want to know how you got cast for Married at First Sight. Oh, okay. This is, I love this story, the origin story. Um, since like 2007, I have been doing lots of, in Houston, where I'm from and where I live and where I work, 
I had been doing a lot of live TV and I loved doing radio interviews and anything to promote my practice, Houston Relationship Therapy. I, I would do anything. I loved being in um, our Chronicle and all of that stuff. And I finally started getting production companies out of California and New York that would reach out when they were trying to put together pilots for different shows and say, hey, we saw you online. We see that you're comfortable on TV. Um, will you help us to try to get this show off the ground? That happened, I want to say, for till like 2015. I was doing every year a few of those things. Nothing would ever come of it. Then in 2015, um, I was getting like a lot more. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. Something might actually come of this. 2017 rolls around and I said, you know what? I have been trying to get these shows off the ground and nothing has come of it. And that they're coming to me. What happens if I start seeking this out for myself? So okay. I start, I, I immediately take a look and see what relationship shows are out there, which ones value expert opinion. And Kinetic Content was like, they had like five different shows at the time that had to do with relationships and dating and love and mm -hmm. expertise. And I thought, okay, I'm going to reach out to them. So I found them on LinkedIn. I reached out to the casting director and the casting director's associate and sent an email. I put together a little reel, which is like a three minute, up to three minute video of all mm -hmm. my, the things that I had done on TV and sent, hey, this is who I am. Here's my resume. If you're ever interested in needing an expert, I'm interested in you. The next day they reach out and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, let's talk. Um, and it, it would have been the next day. And I said, sure, let's do it. And at the time everybody was, was using Skype. So they're like, let's Skype. And I, they were like, this is amazing. We have so many shows that we think you would be great for. We don't have anything open right now, but let's, let's see what's possible. Two years later, I get the call. Um, I'm in bed. I'm with my husband. We have our kiddos and it's like 10 o'clock at night, our time. And they're like, Hey, are you under contract with any other shows? Cause they also knew that I had been sought out for by others. And I said, no, I'm available. They're like, okay, stand by. We'll talk to you um, after the weekend. I'm like, going on and that was when married at first sight became available the, the position became available and um i was a top runner because there were had been two times they told me this i was a top runner because um i had made myself available to them like if i was in la i was doing speaking engagements stuff i would go and stop by and say hi and get to know them when they were filming in dallas because they again they had other shows that possibly needed people so i went up and met with them while i was there and so they felt like they knew me so for all of you who are interested in getting into this world like you're going to stand out if they get to know you as a person and you're not just a picture you're not just uh, a, an influencer or a social media person like you you need to actually get to know them um and for them they felt like if, if lifetime says yes you're in and fortunately they did and and i was you know i that happened like in October and then I was filming in February and I had signed my contract like five days before I filmed. And there I was sitting in front of Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper and having dinner and being like, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. And it was just wonderful ever since. And we are so lucky that they found you and that you guys where you found them and that you guys connected. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm going to make something happen with them. I don't know what, but. It, it, it was great. And I, I mean, I, I feel so fortunate that it was with them because I don't know what would have happened with other companies. I don't know that I would have wanted to stay for six seasons and 
you know, so it was great. I really enjoy it. And I'm so glad that, that it's been so well received and that I've been well received. That means a lot to me because you just never know. I was very worried. I actually, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm a certified sex therapist. Like this is what I do day in and day out. So yeah, for a lot of people, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't think I would ever do that if I had a license. Well, when you know how they're doing it and you can get behind it, you can say yes. We're glad that you didn't have any traumatic experiences either. And that you'd consider coming back. We hope so. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of TV out there. So we'll see. We'll see how you we'll see never me see again. It. Yeah. All right, Jordan and All Dr. Viviana. All right. Well, we're not going to take up any more of your time, but thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Thank you for having us. me. I'm glad y'all reached out. It's always so fun to talk about these things. And everybody check out Sleigh Bells. Yes. That's add what we're going to ask playlist. you. Add it to your playlist. And if you love it, share it. Um, yeah. I, I'm really excited. I'm going to be on TV singing it and stuff. So yeah. Where, I, I, where can we see that? So on uh, this coming Monday morning on Houston's morning show on fox26houston.com, you can see it live. If if you follow me, Dr. Viviana, just spell out D-O-C-T-O-R, uh, Viviana on Instagram. I always post everything there and links there. So please follow me there and um, and we'll kind of be able to share all these things that are going on. Lots of fun stuff, TV stuff, radio, all that, podcast, all that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Great. Uh, so thank you guys for listening or watching, whichever one you're doing. Um, and we will <laughs> see you guys next time. Don't forget to follow the Love Pod podcast everywhere iTunes, um, Spotify, TikTok, everything. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. And thank you, Dr. Viviana. We love you. Thanks, y'all. Happy holidays. Happy Bye. holidays. All right. All right. Let's end the stream.